buy what you can afford and rent where you want to live. Right. Mm. So so buy where, wherever you can afford. So even if it's going out of the, the, the province or across the, the country, yeah. you know, uh, buy something that you can afford mm. and then rent where you want to live. Uh, so that way where you can afford is going to earn you some cash flow True. to pay for that rent. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. and, then, and once you have one, it's a snowball effect after that. Yeah. You're building up equity. You yeah. can take money out again and reinvest. And that's when you start to scale. And then, you know, at the end of the day is everybody wants to live financially free. Right. All right, we're back again, episode 41 of the Black is the New Rich podcast. And today I was going through my phone and I was scrolling through my feed and I seen um, the interest rates went up again. So obviously we're going through crazy times right now. So I had to bring the expert to talk about what's going on in the real estate market, the mortgage market and how we can still get in um, amongst these hard times. So I don't want to keep talking i want him to introduce himself yeah for sure i go by the name of shaq hall i'm a mortgage professional uh, i call myself a wealth strategist as well too because i really break it down people's finances their income their expenses we go through something called a balance sheet income statement just to generate to see exactly what the cash flow is and see how much you can qualify as well too so Okay. Um, yeah, sit down and really just take a, a look at the situation and figure out solutions. Okay, dope. So before we get into what's going on today, I just want to get some of your background story. So how did yeah. you get up to this point that you are today? Uh, how did I get up to this point? <laughs> yo, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> like what happened after high yo, school? I, I, what happened after high school, just like everybody else, I'm trying to figure things out. Yeah. You know? yeah. What's next? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I played ball through all of middle school. Mm -hmm. Didn't get no offers after my grade 12 year. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, what, what are we going to do next? Yeah. Um, so thankfully enough, like I, I did focus on school. It was just literally sports in school. Mm -hmm. So I had pretty good grades. I ended up going to university, getting accepted to university. What, out of, what out university? Of, um, Windsor, University oh, of Windsor. Oh, six, six. Yeah. So, so I ended up getting, getting away, get moving out it's a party and growing up. Party school. <laughs> it was a fun school. Yeah. Like, you know, the most Southern place in Canada. So yeah. it was warm. It was a little bit warmer as well, too. And being close to Detroit, like a border city was, was dope as well. But anyways, went to school over there, studied business. Mm -hmm. Um, and I enjoyed my time out there, man. Um, and, um, I was in the financial realm. Um, studying a business okay. administration and then focusing on accounting. And then I got hired out of school off the rip um, to TD Bank. So I started oh, working at the bank. So your transition was pretty smooth out of. Yeah, to be honest with you, that, that's one thing that helped with university is yeah. networking. Yeah. And then the people, the professionals that came uh, along the way uh, into the school yeah. to pitch their companies. They recruited me straight out of school. And yeah, I was working while I was there as well, too. I had an amazing program with co-op. Oh, and I strongly sweet. recommend like any like, you know, kids that are watching this that, that are about to go to university, definitely see if you can get some type of co-op position because mm -hmm. you want to get paid while you're going to school. Most uh, of the students are broke. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. they're borrowing money. So with you OSAP. Paid. I was getting paid to go to school oh. as well, too, because they, what they did is you study yeah. one, one, one term or one semester and then you go to school. Then you study, you go to school. Oh, so it. you have like three terms or you're working. Yeah. It sucks because you don't really have any summers, but it's that sacrifice and building that that resume because everybody wants to hire people, but they're always looking for experience. Right. Yes. So how are you supposed to get a job if you have no experience? Uh, so when you're in school and you're doing some type of co-op or some type of internship or even like some type of um, placement, what they have for nursing mm -hmm. or for nursing students. It's great because it makes you more reputable and it, and it builds up that resume so you can get a job right off the rip, right? Mm, that's where we're all that's going to school, smart. right? To get, a, to get a job. Yeah. But it helped me a lot because I was able to make some money while I was in school. Um, 
And thankfully enough, in that environment, I was able to get my first property out there as well, too. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Well, how old were you when you got your first property? I was 22, 20, 22, 21. I can't remember exactly. I think I was 20, yeah. And in my, my early 20s, for sure. What led you to that decision? I'm going to be honest. Like, I see a lot of books on the shelf over there. <laughs> just reading, right? Yeah. Just reading and understanding that, yo, in order to create wealth, one of the best ways is real estate. Real estate, 100%. like 80% or what, 90% of millionaires all create through real estate? Yeah. Listen, I want to be a millionaire, so yeah. I'm going to find what's going to help me get to the millionaires, right? Yeah. Success leaves clues. So from the books I was reading, from following highly successful people, all seeing a common ground in which they owned real estate. Mm -hmm. So I was in an environment where real estate was really cheap. Um, they had high. I heard uh, Windsor's uh, was affordable prices. Like it five, still five. is. Yeah, okay, it still cool. is. Like I always tell people, Windsor is one of the best kept secrets in Ontario, right? Southern Ontario. So yeah, good pricing out there. At the time when I was out there during school, they had the highest unemployment rate in Canada as well too. Mm -hmm. Which you're probably wondering, what does that have to do with real estate market? It means that a lot of people can't afford to buy houses oh, over so there. The so the prices market. So the price, yes, yeah, one, they're renting, yeah. and the price is going to be a lower point as well too. Makes sense because of the income in that city. So yeah. able to take advantage of that, get my first property out there, and yeah, man, it, it, from there it just kind of starts snowballing you're, into bigger things. You're on it since yeah. then. Yeah, man, I was okay. on it from early to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I like to hear that because you don't really hear. Well, especially for like our, around our age group, like people are getting in early. And yeah. when they do, you can see when they're like 35, 40, how it pays off. Facts. Right? Facts. And do you ever plan to sell that house? I actually did. Oh, I did. I sold it. Why. I sold it last year. Yeah. Why? And I had to go through the cycle. Okay. Right. So now that I'm older, I'm learning mm -hmm. and like, like I'm receiving mentorship from different individuals as well too. And they always yeah. tell me, Shaq, a, a property that's producing income, never, never sell. sell. Yeah. That's what I've been taught too. And, and you've been taught the right thing. Mm -hmm. your, your goal is never to sell unless you're leveling up, using that money to, to do like a bigger development project or even getting maybe a multi-unit family house. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I had some debt. Okay. I wanted to go through the process of selling because I've always been buying, buying, buying. I didn't yeah. know how it felt to, to sell. Yeah. But now I'm feeling it because tax time, <laughs> I got to, you know, we're, we're paying well over five figures in taxes because yeah. I had to sell because of capital gains. True. But I wanted to go through it to learn it. Yeah. So I was very like hard, hard headed. I'm like, yo, let me see what happens. It was a necessary and, lesson. Yeah, a necessary lesson. And I, I felt like I was getting too high in my debt ratio. So I'm like, all right, let me get some capital. I made X amount of money, already yeah. double my money yeah. um, handsomely and getting cash flow off of it. Let me take that money out, um, take care of some debt. And then I ended up putting that into another property as well too. So okay. yeah, I, I didn't do, I didn't spend it on a, no Roly or, yeah. or, or get a Lambo yeah. or anything, you know, yeah. but put it into something, another asset um, that's, that's going to be producing income as well. So, okay. Yeah. So but I had to go through that process. I really wanted to learn. Like yeah. for me, it's about seeing all ends of the transaction and experiencing for myself, especially yeah. for somebody like me, mm -hmm. who I'm always not only learning, but teaching and helping other people. So I have to go. Have, yeah. I had to go I, through that to understand stories to, to advise people. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So the market today, this yeah, morning, man. the rates went up zero, was 0.5% or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 What does that mean for us Canadians right now? Yeah, man. So 50 <laughs> basis points, 0. 0.50. It means if you have a variable rate mortgage right now. You're screwed. You're not really screwed, <laughs> but your payments are going to go up for every yeah. hundred. I think it's roughly for every hundred thousand that you borrow. It's going to be about 30 bucks. But that yeah, adds up, though. That adds up. Um, and the reason is they're doing something called quantitative tightening. Yeah, that's what I So quantitative tightening, for those that don't know, it's it's when the government's trying to contract 
uh, the money supply mm -hmm. because with COVID-19, it changed the entire economy, right? Yeah. You know, um, they were doing easing at that point. They're doing easing. Okay. Which means for so quantitative easing is means when they're printing money yes. to, to, to stimulate the economy, to mm -hmm. help the, the businesses that were closing down because of business, because of uh, COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, helping people who maybe got laid off, right? With the COVID checks, right? Yeah. So, you know, everything, every good has a bad. Yes. Right? So the two, the, yeah, we're feeling that now. I, it, people who, who know me or are following me or yeah. even part of my community that, that I've created and, you know, do on the Zoom calls that I've been doing, I've been talking about this whole, when COVID hit, I'm like, guys, if you're taking this serve check, yeah. make sure you're investing it. You know because tell you the honest truth yeah. I put every single dollar into the stock market yeah that's good yeah. at least you, you 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 had that mindset that you know this money doesn't belong to me i'm gonna have to pay it back eventually yeah, so you're paying back through your taxes but that that easing that they're giving that money mm. was stimulating the economy but you never feel the effects of something when you're in it you always feel it when you're out of ah, it true. so right now we're feeling the effects of covid two years ago yeah um with quantitative tightening because it was cheap for money to be borrowed and all that type of stuff so now rates just have to go up to balance everything out mm -hmm. so with that now you're going to see housing prices drop even okay, more okay so interest is going yeah so when interest rates it, it, the cost of borrowing is more expensive mm -hmm. less transactions are being made um and then the prices are going to drop because mm -hmm. everything works on the on a an elastic in a sense the supply and demand okay, right yeah i get it I yeah get it. so i was watching a show the other day and i caught the tail end of it and it was um it was a renter it was a landlord and it was a couple of other like municipal municipal leaders right okay and they were kind of just like debating and the the landlord was saying listen i have to like raise rent prices because i'm getting hammered with this mortgage because yes. i guess you had the variable rate Bear and the rate. rent renter was like well how do i like i can't afford to live here anymore because my family like you know i have a family i have this and that but i don't want to move my boys to another city uh, like let's say across Canada because they're so used to this yeah. lifestyle. So I'm hearing the both. I understand both sides yeah. and I can see like where this problem is happening. What do you think about all that? So was this in Canada? Yeah, this was a Can Toronto. Yeah, it was, uh, it was in Toronto because CBC. Yeah. So I'm going to be honest. People are not going to like this answer, but it's only going to get worse. <laughs> I'm going to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah. We're seeing Toronto prices go up like, I always tell people like, yo, Toronto's a top tier city. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it's going to catch up to those, what we're seeing, you know, in New York and down exactly. South, like those, those type of prices of renting. To like Texas. Ex exactly. To get more land and they have to re re relocate as mm -hmm. well too. Um, what I think about that is I understand all the perspectives, but where, what needs to happen is people got to figure out ways to generate more income. True. That's what it is. Cause that's what it is, is there's not enough money to go around in order for them to pay their rent. And because we're seeing it, right. There's a lot of fear going on in the news, yeah. CTV and all these newscasts, um, CP24, uh, global news, they're, they're, they're pouring out fear. Mm -hmm. They're literally saying, um, you know, cost of goods are going up, what it is to cost to buy milk, bread, and everything that we buy in terms of groceries. These grocery bills are heavy. crazy. Yeah, they're Gas. heavy. Gas as well too fluctuating, going, you know, the skyrocket prices that, it, that it's at. Um, um, so, but what I feel about it specifically is we just got to find more ways to make more, more money and mm -hmm. more opportunity. And these are where the entrepreneurs come in. The government okay. needs to provide more opportunities for entrepreneurs to help them grow, to expand, to sure. hire more people, to create more opportunities for people to get more work as well, too. 
Um, and then, yeah, for, for, for landlords, they're going to have to increase their price points because it only makes sense, it only makes sense yeah. because at the end of the day, they want to cover the mortgage and hopefully make some, some cash flow, yeah. right? At the end of the day to pay down their mortgage. And for tenants as well, too, what I can advise, because I see both skills, um, I always tell, I, I like this model that I heard from Grant Cardone, a billionaire, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, buy what you can afford and rent where you want to live. Right. Mm. So so buy where, wherever you can afford. So even if it's going out of the, the, the province or across the, the country, yeah. you know, uh, buy something that you can afford mm. and then rent where you want to live. Uh, so that way where you can afford is going you some cash flow True. to pay for that rent. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? So yeah. and, then, and once you have one, it's a snowball effect after that. Yeah. You're building up equity. Yeah. You take money out again and reinvest. And that's when you start to scale. And then, you know, the end of the day is everybody wants to live financially free. Right. Mm-hmm. Is getting that cash flow to take care of your expenses, your daily expenses. Okay. Stuff they have to pay for. So yeah, we're in a, we're in an interesting economy right now. Like nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. But the reason why we're getting these increases in rates because we're in a recession. They don't sure. want to come out and say it, but we're in a recession. It yeah. is what it is. Money's getting tight, right? They're tightening the money supply. They're making it more expensive to borrow. Okay, makes sense because all these, like you said earlier, all these newscasts are pumping out fear. Yeah, right? and. I want to know, personally, I believe with our community, we need to get in no matter what. 100%. You know, so like this fear that they're pumping out really yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't. You know, so like, what do you have to say about that? I, I say it's times for you guys, everybody in mm. general, to just take a look at your financial situation. Yeah. You know, see what you can do to cut out some of these subscriptions, right? Yeah, that's what I'm um, about. Yeah, that's man. Not. You know, cut out some of these subscriptions, cut out some of the things that you're not really using, you know, be smart with your money, put it, finding different ways to invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more importantly, um, it, it, it's, it's getting creative, right? Creative. Getting more creative, being... What do you mean by that exactly? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a mortgage broker, right? Yeah. So when it comes to getting creative, you've seen the entire situation, all right? So... Family members, friends, starting to team up, yes. investing together. Yes. Like unity is key at this point. Like, cause it's it in Toronto is gonna be nearly well, it is kind of now. Yeah. It's gonna be very difficult to buy something by yourself. Yeah. You need a team, you need people to work with you. Family members, guys, it's time to to get close to your family members, <laughs> mom and dad, right? Yeah. They're starting to retire. Yeah. We're part of like it's crazy right now. We're not again, nobody sees it because we're in it. Yeah. But we're really going through part of the biggest wealth transfers in the world that's yeah, happening right now. 100%. You know, the baby boomers that are retiring right now, that are transitioning their wealth mm-hmm. to, to, to our community, our, our, our generation that's coming up, right? So it's it's seeing if grandparents had left some money back or if they have assets that they can liquidate yeah. and use some of the equity and then, you know, taking that money, working together, getting a property and getting in because the price points is not going to, what comes down, you know, doesn't stay down long. What goes up must come down. So the rates are going up. It's going to come back down. So if you get something now, even though it's expensive to borrow money in the future, it's going to become cheaper. And now you just refinance, take that money, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Right. So it's just getting involved and taking action. They say, you know, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate, then wait, you buy and then you're going to gain long-term. Okay. So right now, like, Five friends, ten bands each. Yeah. Come together. Come together, make man. It happen. Unity. Getting creative as much as possible. Doing what you can to get involved, to put yourself in that situation. And I know we're gonna talk about different strategies of yeah. how to get involved as well, too. But there's so many different ways that, that people can do it that they don't even know about because they're not asking the right questions. Okay. They're not receiving the right information. Okay. Right. So it's having conversation with a professional, having conversations. Um, with your family members and having that conversation at dinner table or when you guys are going out to eat. Being transparent and open and not- That too. You know, I feel like that helps now. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. It, it's it's being transparent, open. A lot of us struggle with the same things, yeah, and the same situations. So it's 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 letting people know where, where you stand, at. where you at. Yeah. How's the credit? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what are you bringing in? Because everybody can can you can't fake how much you're bringing exactly. in, but everybody wants to act like they're doing all right. Yeah, but when we're going through a tough time right now, it's just being honest, open, and when you do that. Um, it, it, it allows, you know, the people around you to kind of help as well and too value. and yeah. add value. You know, the way how I look at it is well too, even with my clients, I always tell them like, yo, I want you guys to like, before for me to help you, yeah. like treat me like the doctor. You got to let me know yeah. what's going yeah. on, everything, ah, right? You got to, you got to give me everything. Yeah. And like, you know, from there I can help you better. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, I always tell them like, yo, we're going to have a hot conversation, humble, open and transparent, right? Uh, so we're going like to talk that. about what the situation is yeah. and then we're going to figure out a solution to get you to where you want to get to. Okay, yeah. dope. So talking about transparency and I've been super transparent on this show and I'm, um, in the transition of working on my credit right now, mm-hmm. right? And I seen one of your posts the other day and you were talking about private money lending. And yeah. that's for people like if they could have bad credit situations or or a bunch of other reasons. Can you explain what that is and who would need it? Yeah, 100%. So private money, um, again, it's only for situations where you absolutely need. It's probably the last option. Okay. Because it's it's more expensive money. The interest rates so, are crazy. Yeah. So if we're looking at Bank Prime right now, it just went up today um, at uh, six point four five. Yeah. Is Bank Prime right now? Mm-hmm. You know, private money is gonna be like double that. It's gonna be like fourteen percent, fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I just did a commitment today. It's supposed to be closing in two days. That's like eighteen percent. Eighteen percent. Yeah, eighteen percent. So it's expensive money, but it's a quick fix. It's a band aid to get somebody in the market yeah. and then find the solution to get out uh, of that private money. When you get that private money loan, uh, let's say 18%, are you locked into that money for a lifetime at 18%? No, 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 no. So usually private money, it's in and out. So it's people who have capital that yeah. want to make their money work for them, right? Okay. So a lot of these private lenders are like doctors, lawyers oh, who have a lot of money sitting in the account yeah. and they just want to lend it out to somebody and have some collateral. Yeah. Lend it to somebody in need and have collateral and get these these rates because sometimes they're even borrowing it as well too at yeah. cheaper rates and then charging people more and making money on their money, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, having yeah. their money go to work for them. But um, yeah, man, it, it's it's for people who are in a tough situation that, you know, maybe the bank declines them or uh, maybe they had a commitment and last minute they're asking for extra stuff and they don't have that information or they can't get that job letter or whatever the case may be and their, their money falls through. It's getting that money to, to close sure. and making sure you're not losing that deposit that yeah. you're putting down on that offer. And the reason right? for obviously the high interest rates because you are technically high risk. Yeah, it's high risk because they don't they're not checking the credit. Yeah. They're not checking how much you make. Yeah. They're really investing based off of the property value itself. Ooh. Yeah. So it's really on what is that a property going to be appraised for and what it's the comparables around the area. Because if you fall through the commitment, they can take your take property. the property. Right. Well, so, so that's, that's where they, they want that collateral. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that right. They're not so. in the game to take anybody's house. Don't get you don't don't make these private lenders seem evil. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, they're they there to help you out, but they got to cover themselves. They have to have some type of collateral just in case, yeah. right? And they're usually short term, usually about a year, six months, four months. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, though. so very, so it's not a lifetime that you're locked in, by the way. So yeah. it's very short term. Uh, it's an in and out, quick fix solution. Um, and a lot of people who like to use it are you know, the guys that we see on the HGTV, the flippers. Uh, they, those are the most popular private lender borrowers true. because they just want to get into the property, do what yeah. they can to renovate it, um, get their appraised value and sell that, that property and make their profit. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, sense. again, people in tough situation that maybe not have the credit. So it doesn't really make sense to get private lending. Like, let's say I wanted a home to, let's say, live in. 
Mm-hmm. Doesn't really make sense to get private lending. No, in that case, doesn't make sense at no, all. No, unless you absolutely need it. Like, like I said, it's the worst case scenario. Yeah. The goal is to either get you to the the banks, yeah. which is A lending, or B lender, like a credit oh. union or okay. alternative so lending. So like solution. quick flips and stuff. like Yeah, that. it's quick flips. People in tough situations and maybe not have enough money in terms of down payment to close. Okay. Um, maybe they they, they got slapped with development fees on a pre construction. Um, and, and short of money. Um, you know, even bridge financing as well too, which basically is a, 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 a intermediary, intermediary loan yeah. where you get the money. Um, if you like maybe, um, buy a house before you sold your previous property, okay. you know, or maybe you need, um, some renovation costs, you know, private money is there to help you renovate the property and bring up the value. Okay. Yeah. But it's just quick to like, I want people to think about private money, expensive money, but quick solutions, uh, for tough situations, only for tough Perfect. situations. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. it. So. I want to talk about six strategies to get into real estate. Market, yeah, let's right? go to. And I obviously I did my research, so I know like you know you have those strategies. Yeah. And the first one was pre-construction. Yeah. Who is it for, and why should they do it? Yeah. So pre-construction is somebody who's working on the credit. Okay. Pre-construction is somebody who doesn't have the hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand to put down on a property right now. Okay. But they know they're generating income and they're great at saving. It forces Ooh, you to save. True. You know, um, you know, I come from a Caribbean background and, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah, so you, you know what it is. So <laughs> my mom does something called like a partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Where they put money aside. Yeah. And, and everyone gets it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So instead of putting it in a partner, you can put it into a pre-construction condo and you're invested in that piece of paper and yeah. you're invested in that developer. So as a property is being developed, the, the value of the property is going up as well too. Okay. But it gives the average person time to make the deposits for the down payment if they don't have everything up, up front. So they may take maybe 20,000 at the be 5%, sorry, 5,000 to sign. They maybe have maybe 20,000 in three months and then another month, another 20,000. So it gives you time to like break down that mm-hmm. down payment. And then as it's being developed as well too, most cases, the property is raising in value as well. So it just gives you time. You don't have to worry about a mortgage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about qualifying a mortgage until the actual property is done and completed. And when you move in and when you're at the the, the builders transferring the title to you as a purchaser. Okay. So it gives you time to fix your credit, get your stuff in order, not have to qualify for a mortgage. And it's a great savings plan. True. Like I I know people who made millions off of just investing in pre-construction. Really? Buying multiple different units and using it as a great savings plan. And then some of them just selling it back on assignment. Okay. Like right now, because yeah. of everything that's been going on, a lot of people are over leveraged. Mm. So they bought a lot of pre-construction. What we're seeing right now is a lot of assignments being being. What does uh, that mean? Done. Break that down. Break yeah. that down. So <laughs> assignment is when you own a pre-construction condo or a pre-construction um, house or whatever yeah. the case may be. And they're in that piece of paper that they own, that they own the real estate, yeah. they're selling that to on a private market because it can't go on MLS. Oh. So there's a private market <laughs> and these different group chats I'm involved in yeah. that they sell these pieces of paper of a development so that's going to be this done. This is yours now. Yeah, and then they're basically buying it at a specific price. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? Um, because maybe they missed the uh, initial phase one. Oh, okay. Uh, of the VIP phase one or when they're launching the project and it was sold out. Yeah. And um, people would buy it as well too because assignment, usually they're us- they want to liquidate and get some profits back or just break even mm-hmm. and they can get it at a cheaper price. Okay. So for those who are looking to get in the market, that may be another strategy. You may want to hit up a realtor, a local realtor. Uh, and if you don't have one, I have partners that can help you guys yeah. with um, to, you know, maybe look for an assignment for you and, it's, it's kind of like closing on resale. Okay. Where you still would have to have 
whatever the previous purchaser had in terms of down payment, you yeah. have to replace that. Oh, true. And then yeah, the remaining yeah. deposits that are needing, let's just say it's done in a year, next couple of months, okay. you would have to have the remaining deposits as well. When it comes to pre-con, is there any specific like things that you should look out for or areas that you should kind of look out for and be like, Yo, yeah, this is the one? That's a great question. Um, when it comes to pre-construction, I would say get a good pre-construction realtor that knows what they're doing when it comes to pre-construction. But I'll give you guys some basic fundamentals because mm -hmm. you know it's Black is a New Rich podcast. <laughs> so I got to give you guys some gems. Yeah, right. um, you want to look at fundamentals like where is the city putting their money? True. So if if there's an LRT system that's going to be created close right, by that okay. condo or that house, mm -hmm. that's gonna that's gonna generate some value for you. Your yeah. property is gonna definitely increase. Is there a Walmart? You know, Walmart's a billion dollar industry as well too. Is there yeah. retails behind it? Is there schools? Mm -hmm. um, is that close to the highway? Right. True. Those are fundamentals that make sure that your money is gonna grow no True. matter what because there's so much things involved into it, into it in that in those areas, and there's you know billion dollar businesses that are around it as well too that's gonna increase your value as well. Okay. So you want to look at what is the city doing where you're investing around your property, um, the transit system, the commute, and especially if it's an investment property, you want to make sure your tenants. Are, are investing into some, or they're going to be paying for something that's comfortable. So developing yeah. communities. Yeah, developing communities are okay. always the best before they're even developed. And yeah. so, like, like just to recap, like a school, Walmart, LRT, those are like indicators. Yeah, okay, transit like this system, city has yeah. a, uh, a plan. Yeah, a plan, and 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 people don't know this, this is public information as well too. Any city that you want to look, look at, that? yeah, <laughs> any system, any city that you want to invest into, always look at their the city plans. And that's public information. Where do you that a get lot of people that? don't yeah, know. Please. You just honestly, you just Google it and any municipality website, because every city has a website. Yeah. You can just look for a new site or new development. And that's not the word. It's um um city plans. You okay. look at the city plans, and then once you find the city plans, you're gonna see exactly what sites have been approved, what's happening, what's being built, what businesses are being and built. That's all public. That's why, that, yeah, all public information. That's why some people know like, your Tesla's coming to this city or oh. Google's coming to this city, right? Or um, jobs are being added to this city. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, this pre-construction building is going to be happening over here and there's another building that's going to be happening over here. Oh, the subway station is being extended over here. Mm -hmm. Like all of that is public information that people don't do the due diligence to even look at. Yeah. But smart investors, they do that because okay. they want to invest ahead of time where the money is going. Yeah. So wherever the money is flowing, that's where you want to invest. Oh, uh, yeah. that's a big one. Okay, yeah. okay. So strategy number two is a uh, income producing property. Yes. That's that I say. Correctly. Yeah. Hundred percent income producing property. So essentially, what an income producing property is is just a property that you're generating cash flow. Okay. So you're getting rent that exceeds your your mortgage that you're paying and the carrying cost to hold. So the like multi-family homes, stuff like that. Yeah, multi-family homes is a great one because there's multiple different tenants. Okay. Um, and you know they're paying. Sometimes these tenants are paying for their own utilities as well. So all the carrying costs is the mortgage, property tax, and maybe the insurance. And that's okay. it. Well, what other type of properties kind of go under that? Um, any any house that's generating income, to okay. be honest, it could be just a regular single so you're family a house. Yeah, you're just a landlord. Even if you have an income suite in your basement, separate yeah. entrance. Oh, true. That's an income producing property. True, true, right. True. So any property that's generating income, which is rental income, mm -hmm. it's considered income producing property. But obviously, the more units you talk about multifamily, the yeah. better it is for you. Okay, right? I, because because if yeah, if one tenant if one tenant leaves and decides they don't want to pay, nah, it's more of a risk, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so multifamily, especially in this market, mm -hmm. is is hot. Yeah, because I, I was listening to, well, it was, was American-based um, yeah, yeah. podcast, and they were saying, like, single-family uh, homes to invest in, you kind of want to stay away from that. How do you feel about that? 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. The yeah. more units, the better. And as you know, I've been an investor for about six years now. Amazing. Um, and. The more units, the better because the less headaches. And of course, the more income you can produce from the, that property, right? You, Your goal is to have your real estate being a cash cow, like mm -hmm. generating income for you every single month so you can live off of that. True. So yeah, you know, if it's just a well, single family, like it, you have to start from somewhere. I started off with a single family house. Yeah. Like I was house hacking. I was living yeah. in one room, renting out the rest oh, to my sick. friends. Um, and that became an income producing property for me. And then I ended up moving out and then I rented out the entire house. Mm -hmm. But any, yeah, you just want, more units the better okay and the less risk because of somebody not paying you rent or True. or just wanting to move out because yeah, things happen some life rent happen. horror stories yeah <laughs> man there, there's like professional squatters yeah, and all that type all of that. stuff I, thankfully enough i hadn't had to deal with any of that yeah. but i've heard some horror stories from people so obviously the more units the better okay cool. um because it eliminates that risk for you for okay. getting that capital for your rental income okay dope yeah. and the third one is rent to own i've always wanted to know how this process works yeah like, what's going on there yeah so rent to own is it's a dark horse <laughs> wow, what do you <laughs> mean why i say it's a dark horse because Yo, a lot of people look bad on it because a lot of people don't, haven't done, seen it done successfully okay. or they don't just understand it. So yeah. ignorance is bliss, right? They yeah. don't understand what's how rent-to-own works. But essentially what rent-to-own is, it allows somebody hope and vision to actually get a property after a specific amount of time. Okay. Yeah, so if somebody's had bad credit, they're maybe gone through a consumer proposal and like written off some debt yeah. or maybe even gone through a bankruptcy and then bankruptcies take a while to recover from. Um, it, it allows you to get into a property and rent, but your rent is not going in vain. It's not just getting your landlord richer. A portion of that gets saved. Yeah, for your down payment. Exactly, uh... for your down payment. And now you have money at the end of the term to, to, to actually purchase the property. You just have to qualify at that time. Okay. So it allows you to get your, your, your stuff in order um, build up your credit. And in order for this program to work, you have to have multiple moving parts uh, in, involved, mm -hmm. willing to help the, the, that tenant qualify for the mortgage. Once what already. are those uh, moving parts? Yeah, so the moving parts are one, you need to have an investor willing to do a program like this. Okay. So you need to have somebody who wants to help somebody get involved in real estate um, and, you know, making sure they're saving a portion of that to go towards a down payment. Okay. So you have to have the investor. Two, you have to have a mortgage professional like myself to to, to make sure um, they can see the financial situation from the beginning mm -hmm. um, and give them steps in order to qualify for a mortgage in two, three years, whatever long the term is for. It okay. could even be for five years. And then you have to have like a, a, a financial advisor or a credit advisor. Mm -hmm. um, somebody who specializes in credit and un understands and can follow up and check in every single month okay. to make sure they're on so this point. So it's like a full program. Yeah, already. it's a program. And all these parts have to work together properly. Okay. And the agreement is always made at the beginning of the term. Okay. So the agreement, it has to be like foolproof at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So all, all the moving parts have to work together to make sure they're helping the tenant to, to um, qualify for that mortgage when the property or when the term is actually complete. And the, the agreement at the beginning is the most important part because it has to be solid. Um, and essentially the investor is going to sell the property for, let's just say 15% higher than 
um, they initially purchased that. Okay. And um, the tenant now has to come with a little bit of a down payment as well too as a collateral. The tenant has to. Yeah. Okay. So instead of, you know how some people when, when you're renting, you have to come with first and last? Yeah. Instead of first and last, you're going to come with a deposit. Usually they want like 3% or 5% okay. of the property's worth. Okay. That again, that same portion gets carried towards the end. Okay. Just to help so them who cares? Like where does this down payment get saved into? So this down payment is it's the investor. The investor's holding it for them. Oh, so it's it, that yeah. equity on that transaction. The lawyer takes care of everything. Yeah. Um, and it's built into the property because they're they're already signing a a, a post dated yeah. um uh, purchase and sale agreement that this tenant is going to buy this property at this specific date at the end of the term. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah, hey, yeah, that, yeah. That, but that oh, man, that's a good strategy if it yeah. works properly. Yeah. If all parties are on the same page. Yeah. It, it works really well for somebody to actually yeah. get involved in ownership and it gives them time to build up the credit and you know there's people holding them accountable as well too okay. and again all your rent is not going to vein because as a regular tenant your rent is basically getting somebody else richer and yeah. that's it like you, you don't get to 100%. see any of that you're not building any equity nothing that none of that and the beauty for the investor people are always asking what's the what's the pro for the investor yeah. the pro for the investor is no property management they don't have to check in as much because they they know this person that's in the house is going to take care of the house. 100%. They're not going to call them in the middle of the night to, about toilets and washer and dryer. Yeah. They want to own the house, so they're going to take care of the property at, um, as much as possible. So it's more of a peace of mind, and you feel good about helping somebody in this situation get into ownership. Okay. So if I'm, let's say I'm looking to rent to own tomorrow. What's my first step? Who, where am, who am I going? Who am I talking yeah, to? Yeah, so so you would have to find somebody uh, either again more professional like myself or you know uh, a program that's offering rent to own. Okay, um, where do you, you find you those need, type of programs? You need to or orchestrate it. So online, there's there's a, there's a few companies that specialize in rent to own. Okay. I've developed some programs myself that I offer the community as well because I just have a, a a fleet of investors that are always you know, looking to invest in different properties and do different strategies. Okay. And that's another way for them to earn cash flow and to help people get involved in the market. So, you know, just reach out to somebody who 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 knows what they're doing when it comes to rent to own and yeah. making sure the program is solid yeah. that they have all moving parts to help that person qualify. Okay. Because the last thing you want to do is get into a rent to own and then you're screwed. You're screwed and then all your deposit and money goes to waste. Okay. Right. And then I guess that's why a lot of people are that's why I call it the dark horse. A lot of people <laughs> are scared of rent to own because again they haven't seen it done successfully enough but that's a strategy where i see is going to get a lot more popular in the future okay yeah interesting yeah all right so number four is joint ventures what yes. does that mean and who should be involved in, involved in that type of strategy yeah joint ventures are just people who have a common mo goal set in mind to, okay. to get involved in real estate and invest together okay so it could be friends, this, yeah family? it could be friends family it could be strangers to okay. be honest with you Right, it, they have to add some type of value. So one person would probably be like the active partner, finding okay. the property, the opportunity, yeah. and one person would be the money partner, mm -hmm. investing into it, and then they split the equity, maybe 50-50 or 60-40 okay. or whatever the case may be. But joint ventureship is just basically an agreement that you know multiple parties, either one more than two, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so not more than two, what two or more. Yeah. yeah. So two or more parties that are involved into a contract uh, that's owning the property. And then one person will be on title or both people will be on title. It could either okay. be done through a corporation or it could be done through an agreement as well too. Okay. But essentially just people getting together to invest into real estate okay. and then having that contract in place of where the equity is going, where okay. the cash flow is going okay. and who's responsible for what. Okay. So like, uh, I'm gonna give you an example yeah. of let's say like I have five friends and we all have let's say ten grand each, but one person has you know the good job, the credit, and we just use one one person on the the mortgage or the the agreement. How 
do we how does the rest of the four friends make sure that that agreement is solid yeah lawyers lawyers yeah lawyers what type of language are that has to be on that type of contract so type of language in terms of shares and responsibilities um obviously somebody's taking a little bit more risk because they're putting the name on the line but they're probably you know you can always con uh, con um compensate them by allowing them to put less capital because they're using their name true yeah so it just it's really just negotiation on that point and making sure the terms and conditions are clear okay. and it's reviewed by a lawyer and maybe even notarized and that documentation is solid. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I was thinking about like how like, man, I'm kicking it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Be honest, it's like just leveraging, man. And at the end of the day, it, in our community, we got to just, we got to work together yeah. and we got to create win-win-win scenarios Ooh. where everybody's winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, sacrificing certain things and you know making sure that the paperwork is involved mm-hmm. and it's done correctly yeah that way everybody's on the same page mm-hmm. and everybody wins yeah right okay yeah. dope so uh strategy number five is student housing yes how does that work who does it work for because i've seen it for years like when i went to university college i'm like all these houses are being like you know the rooms are being rented but like who's owning these houses yeah 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 so student housing and student rentals is something that i got involved into i didn't even know about yeah in windsor because i got a property literally on campus, it was close to oh, campus, sick. so it was beautiful, like living yeah. right beside the gym. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, man, it, it's just it's just another form of investing into real estate and earning cash flow because with student housing now, you can earn more money on on rental income mm. because now sometimes you're renting per room, okay. right? And it's a little you can do the cost a little bit higher. And mm. I do see this becoming more popular. Uh, with our economy and everything that's going on with, you know, shared living spaces and people renting out per room. So you can make more money doing it that way. The only problem is with with, with students, you know, they they, they damage and everything. Yeah, Yeah, like they're partying and all that type of stuff. So it's like cheap appliances you got to put in there. Yeah. And there's always problems. So sometimes it's great to have a property manager uh, to manage all that stuff for you so you can sleep at night and, you know, they take a portion of your your, your cash flow, your yeah. your rent that you're so making. So it would it, it's I I guess it would be smart to have some capital for repairs. Yeah, hundred percent situations. Yeah, you always have to have your contingency as a, as a experienced investor. Like you always have to have your contingency for things to happen because problems are gonna you can't avoid it. Yeah, They're exactly. gonna happen. Things are gonna break down. Exactly. Um, but again, if you have a property manager, they take care of that for you. So okay. they'll, they'll do all that and maybe invoice you after. Okay. So they'll take care of all the repairs so you don't have to get calls in the middle of the night. Okay. But yeah, student housing is just um, investment properties around big schools, colleges, okay. universities. Um, because, you know, most of the people, there's a lot of international students that oh, come into need, Canada. They, need, they homes. need homes and need places to stay. Yeah. Um, and they don't want to live on residence because residence may be a little bit more expensive. Okay. So you're taking advantage of, you know, places where it has high population okay. uh, of students and um you know you are taking advantage of renting out per room okay yeah. are there any hot universities or colleges that people should be looking at right now yeah i'm gonna give you guys some gems right now. <laughs> oh my gosh uh, waterloo waterloo yeah okay. waterloo kitchener waterloo has been hot because uh they're, they're they're basically like the silicon valley of ontario canada oh, wow. yeah because they got the google they had the blackberry mm-hmm. a bunch of the tech hubs over there as well too 
Um, and then they got two universities. They got uh, Laurier and they got yeah. University of Waterloo. Yeah. And I believe I they have a college. Laurier. Yeah, I think yeah. they have a college around there as well, too. But they have a lot of condos, a lot of multi-units as well. So Kitchener-Waterloo is a great area to invest into. Okay. Uh, school. Uh, Windsor, I'm always going to be biased. <laughs> <laughs> biased. Um, anywhere around the Toronto ones, because okay. there's a lot of international students that come to UFT and um, York University. Okay. So anything around York University, downtown Toronto for UFT. But does it still make sense with these prices so high right now? To be honest with you, it still does. It still because does. because even if you're not cash flowing off of it, mm -hmm. you're going to be getting money off of appreciation. Mm -hmm. Remember, I, I talked yeah. about the beginning of, uh, of the pod. This, you know, Toronto is a top tier city. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a top tier. It's going to catch up to New York. Mm -hmm. So these prices are not going down. Yeah, they're they, only going you, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right now, we're seeing a little dip, but like they're only going up. Like the other day, I went to a pre-construction um, uh, event and I seen parking for 155000 Parking. Parking. Downtown Toronto. Holy shit. And that's an investment because yeah. even if you're not using it, you can rent that out as 100%. well, too. 100%. So that's where we're at right now. Uh -huh. Right right now, condos are going for, like, what, 1400 a square feet? Mm -hmm. You know, so even like studios, like a 300,000, 300, <laughs> yeah. sorry, 300 uh, square foot a studio with no bedroom yeah. is going for like 600000 That's crazy. Right? So we're going to get to a point where it's going to be like $2,000 per square foot. Like, that's where we're at. So eventually, long term, you're going to be making money on the appreciation. Yeah. So even if in Toronto, well, it's expensive. Yeah, too. different type of strategy. It's for people who have bigger pockets. Yeah. And I've used the strategy of investing outside the city. And okay. then, re like, my goal is to get something. Like, I don't have nothing in Toronto yet. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to get something soon. I'm yeah. never selling because I know <laughs> Toronto is going to be yeah. like Manhattan. Yeah. That's, that's the vision that I have right now because it is a top tier city. You guys can do your Googles and research in terms of, um, you know, population, even with the government of Canada. Yeah. You know, releasing that they're accepting 500,000 people Jeez. annually from even, now until like 2036. Even if you just look at the popularity of our sports music, like you, that's a big indicator that the city's on the yeah, way up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think we got a bid for the next World Cup or something like yeah, that as well, I see too. That. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's a top tier city that's only going to increase. And we can look at Vancouver prices. Okay. Vancouver prices have been crazy. Yeah. Toronto's going to catch up to that as well, too. Okay. Right. Wow. Because Vancouver has a lot of foreign investors from. Yeah. Like China and Asia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the final strategy is mortgage and equity REITs. Did I yeah, say that? Did I say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So this may appeal to somebody like you, man, because yeah. I know you do a little bit of stocks and yeah, yeah, you yeah. like the stock game as well. So what this is, a REIT, for those that don't know, a REIT is a real estate uh, real estate uh, investment trust. Okay. So what it is. What is that exactly? So a real estate investment trust is basically like a corporation or uh, a, a, a trust I don't know how to explain trust in, in detail, but a trust um, fund okay. that basically owns a percentage of different properties. So oh, if I you're somebody it. that doesn't want to own one property, you want to own multiple, but mm -hmm. you don't want to deal with the property manager, yeah, all that yeah. type of stuff, you can invest to a portfolio of properties through a oh, REIT that makes sense. for administration fees and all that type of stuff. I feel like that's a, that's a safety. Yeah. Thing. And yeah. And then they give you, they're paying you basically like dividends, like yeah. annually or quarterly, depends on the REIT. Okay. But that, that's a really good investment strategy for those that want to tap into real estate investing on a bigger scale yeah. um, and just want to get fractional ownership. They don't care for, for everything else. Yeah. Okay. And having everything in their name. They yeah. rather have a company deal with that and yeah. own fractional ownerships. And then you own shares in that com that trust. Yeah. Does that yeah. interest you at all? Just personally? Yeah. yeah. I've gotten into a little bit of REITs. Yeah. Um, I personally want to do it myself just because, yeah. uh, you know, to I'm not uh, own one. Yeah. And okay. then own it. Yeah. Even own a trust. Like, okay. That's something that's big as well. Okay. And then the mortgage side is just uh, investing into mortgages okay. because, you know, mortgages are backed by houses and, you know, people are going to pay their mortgage for the most part. So they're taking advantage of that 
the profits that these lenders are making on mm -hmm. these loans. Mm -hmm. So that's all it is. It's just another form of investing into fractional ownership. Mm -hmm. And I do believe it's going to get more popular as well, too, as things are evolving. I know we talked a little bit about crypto, yeah. but the technology behind crypto blockchain, yeah. allowing transactions to be seen on an open ledger, that's going to be very popular where people are going to be. Yeah, transparency, where people are going to be able to own fractional ownerships of buildings, you okay. know, maybe even the building that we're in right now, like literally okay. fractional ownership of of properties. And you know, I'm excited for some certain programs, certain certain apps to be launched as well, too. But, you know, people are going to be able to invest in real estate with $100, 1000 bucks, and own a piece of it's still something. A, a big a big uh portfolio yeah and it's still something right yeah you're earning something annually every year right so okay. it's, it's a great dope, strategy dope. as well yeah so those are the six strategies that we talked about the um different strategies but i want to know personally like what are you doing in your personal life when it comes to your portfolio and your strategies yeah yeah <laughs> everybody wants to know what i'm doing <laughs> but right now uh, right now to be honest in this market yeah it's it's about high cash flowing properties and the, you know the best kept secret is multi-families right now mm -hmm. trying to find units that have you know, four doors or more, mm -hmm. uh, because once you get over like five doors or four doors or more, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of on the commercial side at that point. Okay. They, you know, it doesn't matter about your personal income. Mm -hmm. It just matter about your down payment, how much you're putting down, maybe 25% down or 30% down. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be your mortgage and now your financing is going to be on the actual asset itself. Okay. How much income can this asset produce? True. And it's actually easier getting a bigger mortgage than it is getting a smaller one. It's crazy how it Inter sounds. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> because they, they, they feel safe that this property is going to make the money. It's less exposure for the banks and for the lenders. So, okay. yeah, in this market, multifamily is, is, is the strategy I'm tapping into as well okay. as pre-construction as a savings account for the multi-family homes what areas are you looking to uh so i'm looking at uh, you know on the outskirts obviously of toronto sarnia's. so so the sarnia's the uh the windsor's the, the, the if the closest is probably maybe kitchener okay and um hamilton okay area hamilton's it's coming up as well too on the rise okay um as far e i don't really like the east but as far <laughs> east as maybe oshawa okay yeah yeah okay. peterborough and what type of things are you looking for when it comes to a multi-family? Uh, like, yeah, I need that one. The development. Yeah. Uh, so, sense. so it's it's a lot of different things for 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 me specifically. Yeah. I'm looking at NOI, which is net operating income. What does so that mean exactly? That means like what is the net, the actual value of money that's coming out after expenses are taken out. Okay. All right. So net operating income. I'm looking at something called cap rate. Right, what and is that? That, those are some big boy yeah, talks, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, break so that cap down. Capitalization rates is the, the the actual value of the property, okay? Um, and uh, against the the net operating income. So with high cap rates, it's probably like a, a lower area, okay? Like a a, a like maybe like a a low impoverished area, okay? Um, you know, maybe low paying tents in a building, an mm -hmm. apartment building. Um, and the goal is to get that cap rate lower. The lower the cap rate is, the, the higher the value is going to be. Okay. And then when you get the higher the value now, let's just say you you you, you turn over the tenants, you you do some renovations. Now you're, you're talking about millions of dollars that you can refinance out of that property and do it again. Ooh, so, equity. Yeah. So okay. on the on the multifamily game, it's the the easiest way to to see millions of dollars mm -hmm. refinance and then you know scaling your portfolio. Okay. Yeah. So it's more big level. Um, but yeah, the, the numbers, it has to make sense in terms of the numbers, because you want to make sure it makes, you make it as easy as possible to get funding from the banks. Yeah. And then the goal for everybody listening to, I know we talked about a lot of different lending strategies and, and some 
you know, different types of money yeah. is, is to get money from the banks because it's the cheapest form of borrowing money. Okay. Yeah, okay. cheapest form of borrowing money. And then, of course, you know, if you have cheap money, you yeah. can always make more money on that money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it, all in all, number one goal for us, just get in. Yeah, just get in. Just get in. Just and then get we can in. start talking about the more technical stuff. Yeah, more strategies. Just get in, figure out different ways you can have that property increase. You can start get income from it, mm-hmm. generate some cash flow, either, you know, renovating a basement, um, renting out a room to a, a family member or, yeah. or a friend, yeah. you know, but just get in. So you're taking advantage of the market. Okay. That's, you know, it's inevitable. We're seeing the dips right now. Yeah. We're taking advantage. I don't think it's going to last too long. Yeah. But we see how the chart looks overall. Like I always tell people, when in doubt, through these economic times, just zoom out. Yeah. You can see the chart, like where prices are going to project to go to in the future. Okay. Yeah. Copy, copy. Okay. Those are six strategies that we talked about. And I asked two questions to every guest on the yeah, show. Yeah. And the first one is, I want to know what is the best advice that you received and what is the worst advice that you received? Wow. You don't have to say question. no names, obviously. Yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> not going to say no names. Not throw nobody under the bus. <laughs> so um, we'll start with the best. Oh, no. We'll start with the worst. Uh, the worst, the worst advice I've received is, or even you heard and you're like, whoa, who would take that advice? Yeah, this is tough. I got to really think about <laughs> it. Um, you know, I hear different advice from different people and I, I always ignore the things that <laughs> don't relate or yeah. are just going to kill the mindset. Um, That's I think the best, the, the best, sorry, the worst advice I've ever heard was, um, Basically, like it has to be do something with like just quitting. Like when things get difficult, mm-hmm. maybe this is not for you. Mm. I, I, and the best advice would be on the the, the opposite side of that. You, when you know your purpose, yeah. When you know what you're called for, mm-hmm. do whatever it takes and never quit. Mm. Just keep going. You're gonna so figure you're it out. Never quit, person. Yeah, hundred percent. So what? Like I, it, 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 if it, if it makes sense okay, to what okay. your your vision and your purpose is, yeah, and it aligns, I do believe in organic things around and, and having the right people around to help 100%. proceed with that vision. Mm-hmm. But yeah, never quit, man. Everybody's always figuring things out. Everybody's always learning, uh-huh. um, and just continue to grow and, and get after whatever it is that you want to get after. So okay. that's probably the best advice I heard. Because I was gonna play. And I always aim to be number one. That's okay. probably one of the best advice that my dad ever taught, yeah. taught me. Yeah, it's like yo. Whatever you do, try to be number one. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Because I was going to play God's advocate. And I was going to be like, well, sometimes mm-hmm. quitting can save you. Like, can save you. True. True. You know? <laughs> it, it, it can. It can. And, and you know, I've seen memes on this and, and uh, certain things where, you know, maybe holding on for too, too long. long and it hurts. hurts yeah, yeah. It ends up hurting you more. Uh, it, it's just coming. A real, I guess you just have to know yourself. Yeah. You 100%. have to know yourself more 100%. than anything. And then. You know, now more than ever, you know, COVID has taught us this, you know, take some time to really, you know, check your mental health, take some time to actually learn about yourself. hundred percent. Learn what is your God-given talents. Mm-hmm. Learn what is what is your purpose here on earth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you know yourself, you understand when it is okay to quit or let something go. Okay. Uh, but if it's something that you're passionate about, if it's something that you believe then in more than just anything, just keep going, get it done, find ways to make it work. Mm-hmm. And always remember that... Um, you know, 
done is better than perfect because perfect yeah. never gets done. Yeah. So you got to get it done. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah, whatever yeah. it is, just do it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect at the, 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 the end of the day. Like, I'm pretty sure when you started this podcast, the first episode yeah. was probably terrible. Yeah, but you kept going and got better and then yeah. the audience started to grow, right? So 100%. it's just like, keep going no matter what and just get it done. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so on this show, we like to make predictions. So yeah, in yeah. five years, I want to say, yo, Shaq did say that on this show. So yeah, yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? What do you want to do? Who yeah, you want to be? I'm, I'm gonna say some wild stuff. Yeah, So I just had my my first firstborn son. Ah, uh, congrats! Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate congrats. it. And, and anybody listening to this that's a parent, they they know that feeling. Like being a parent is is amazing. It gives you more purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it, 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 you're passing down your physical legacy, right? You you want to do more, and um, you can't get lazy. And yeah. even when you're in a bad mood, like my son, just look at his face and just. He's a happy kid. Like, yeah. it just gets me inspired. Like, let's, <laughs> let's go to work. Let's, yeah. let's, let's create some more and, and keep going anyways. But, um, five years from now, man, I'm going to say something crazy. Like, yeah. um, I want to have a, 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 a apartment building and a it. plaza and a plaza and a plaza under one of my corporations, mm -hmm. uh, with my team. And I want to make sure I'm putting on black businesses in, in the uh, plaza. Yeah. That's, so that's what that's I want to see in five years. Yeah. That's and then, big. And then possibly another child as well, too. And yeah. family and and maybe uh, a property down south because I'm tired of the cold. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of the cold. So having a property down south that I maybe, you know, rent it out when I'm not out there, mm -hmm. either Airbnb or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, dope. That's kind of where I see myself in five years. And more, more importantly, um, being a vessel for the community, being somebody that can, you know, touch thousands of lives financially for the better. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, continue growing my brand, my reputation to, to help people, you know, build wealth through real estate and finding, you know, alternative ways to find capital as well too. So being that pillar in the community. Okay. Dope. One just quick question that I thought of right now is, um, obviously you're a newborn, uh, you're, you just had a newborn yeah, son, yeah. right? So have you thought about ways how to teach him this drive that you have? Yeah. Because he's going to have a different opportunity. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> and that's that's the toughest part because you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so I want multiple kids someday. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. But uh, you know, to be honest with you, it, it's it's just you have to do self-education, like meaning that um, you got to give your kids books and tools. A lot of people don't like reading, but I do believe that. I love reading. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, and it's great because mm -hmm. you're probably at a level of maturity that you understand that you don't have everything figured out. 100%. And then somebody has a different perspective that can change the game for you. 100%. And I truly believe that once you make it to a certain point in life, like these gems and everything has been passed on through books. You just mm -hmm. have to take the time to actually invest and find mm -hmm. these gems. 100%. And I always say a wise man not only learns off of their mistake, but they learn the mistakes of others. Yeah. So these mistakes that are being taught in the books as well too. And then you can learn off of that and you can avoid making those mistakes. And 100%. that's why even mentorship is key as well. But going back to the question is giving you you know your children um different books mm -hmm. teaching them about financial literacy things mm -hmm. that you didn't know mm -hmm. um and then you know making sure you're preparing them for life because yeah. this world is tough and it's yeah, cold 100%. yeah and you know we don't know it because you know life is easy up until um you graduate from high school 100%. right you know ever think about nothing you know yeah. mortgages interest rates yeah building wealth uh, money you probably don't think too much about money either as well too what you're going to do for your life because nobody really has it figured out from that point in your life um but it's just taking the time to to educate them reading them books um um and just providing them guidance things that you've made mistakes on so yeah, so just being very present yeah being very present 
and just there and just being a friend and and somebody that just wants to give them the tools to win as well. Yeah. Okay, congrats. Well, appreciate it, man. Let everybody know where they can find you and uh, whether it's the email, phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, The best way to get me is on Instagram. That's probably my primary social media. Yeah. It's Shaq Hall underscore. Yeah. Just one underscore. Please be aware there's a lot of fake accounts on there. Oh, I've been seeing that. Follow me too. I was like, I I, I hate Instagram right now just because (laughs) of that. Um, but why, why, um, why are they? Why are they um, influence? Right, I yeah, have okay. a lot of followers. I, I'm somebody that I I, I want to believe that I have influence over a lot of different people, yeah. and it, it's I these, see them. These, these they fraudsters. follow the yeah, these, <laughs> these fraudsters in in and you can check as well to an Instagram of the, the if you click the dotted the three dots on the right hand side of the yeah. profile, you can see where the accounts based, and they're like all based on like Nigeria, yeah. India. Yeah, <laughs> man, like they just have time on their yeah, hands, and yeah. you know they're taking advantage of people, sending them DMs. I don't do any business in DMs, by the way. I always like to get on the phone. Yeah, good time. Um, so, you know, I if it, even if I'm having a conversation in DMs, it's it's quick. Try to get the numbers as quick as possible. Okay. Set up a meeting in person. Have an office in Mississauga. Uh, but best way to reach out to me is follow me on Instagram. Send me a DM. Um, either click the link in my bio to, to book an appointment on one of my Calendly links or um my website that's going to be, be launching early 2023 as well Amazing. too okay. uh, to get a, get in touch with me and then yeah let's you know let's, let's talk let's connect let's chop it up anything that I said that you want to know more of we can always talk a little bit more of that any programs like I, I literally have so much different strategies yeah. and I feel like I, I really found a, a calling that I have a position of power mm-hmm. that my license you know as a mortgage broker is crazy because my, my, my one of my principal brokers said this um, he's like you know Shaq, you're getting your license and understand you have the license to print money. And that's what it that's is. Crazy. It's because like I have so many different lenders and so many different reasons to find money. Yeah. It's literally like printing money in yeah. that sense, right? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I want to make sure that not only we're giving you the money, but we're showing you how to use it properly. Yeah. Because money responsibly. We're responsible because money mm-hmm. using the wrong methods can backfire. can backfire and put you in a deeper hole than you're probably coming out of. Mm-hmm. So it's just leveraging it because it can really change not only your life, but generations. When you, when you have that capital, know what to do yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, I can encourage anybody that's listening to this, you know be that change that your family deserves, man, and just continue paving the way and, and creating more opportunities for someone else to win. 100%. You know, it's bigger than just us. You know? 100%, 100%. That's yeah. why we do this, like have conversations like this because about like generational wealth and yeah, passing man. the knowledge on. So I want to thank you for coming because I know you're a busy man. Yeah, man I appreciate <laughs> you're a real busy man and uh, dropping a lot of gems. I know you're into different things like crypto, yeah. trading, yeah. and I hope to have you on again in the future and yeah, talk 100- about those things because I know you're, you're into a lot of buckets Right yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. As long as the people want it, we're here, man. And I think that's how it happened as well, too. Somebody in my my comments was like, Shaq, we need to get you on more pods. And, you know, happy to be here because it's one of the hottest pods in the Thank city you. right now. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. And, um, you know, you guys are doing some great, great things, having great guests in there, putting on, you know, black businesses and different people, part of the community. And I think it's vital, man. The more we, we, you, we come together, we build together um and help each other grow is is the more we're all gonna win man 100 yeah, thank man. you appreciate, no, I appreciate it. it brother episode 41 all right